freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Salk. I don't read the internet, guys. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. Take the bull by the hands. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. And Brooke Huard. And Brooke Huard. Now here are your hosts, Brock Huard and Mike Salk. Oh, man, how fun is having KJ in the building? It is. We just lucked into that, man. We really did. We are lucky, Brock. Yep. It's been a heck of a day already. I absolutely enjoyed the heck out of talking to Tim Kirchin earlier today. I like him a lot better than Jeff Passan. I got to tell you, like, I just liked him much, much more. Like, as a person. Like, I just like talking to him more. <laughs> Can't just leave it. Thanks. Thanks. No, I want to make sure. I want to make sure Justin cuts that appropriately. <laughs> you just make sure yeah, there's yeah, yeah, like yeah. A little space available. Yeah. Don't want to talk over. Don't want to talk well, over. It Justin. was interesting that he felt very differently from Jeff on the J.P. Crawford uh, yep. MVP vote. Now he was very clear. He was adamant that Garrett Cole is going to win the Cy Young Award, mm-hmm. and that Shohei Otani is going to win the MVP. There was no debate. There was no room for conversation in either of those things. But he had really nice things to say about Castillo and Julio, who could both finish in the top three of the voting for each of those two awards, and then went on to say that J.P. Crawford was going to be on a number of of ballots because they vote for 10. And Jeff knows that. So I was surprised, actually, at Jeff's comments yesterday that he didn't think that there'd be any votes for J.P. I think there will be. Not for number one. Of course not. Maybe not even top three. But when you get 10 MVP votes, I would hope that a guy with his numbers and what he does for a team that hopefully is going to make the playoffs here would absolutely be on some of those ballots. I would hope that these baseball writers, and I think they do, and especially as Tim Kirchner says, and when Tim Kirchner says, I've never seen anything like this, and what he's referencing is the next 12 days, never seen anything in his baseball life. Right. Like what's about to hit all of us here in Seattle, in Houston, in Arlington, basically a 10-game playoff before a playoff ever gets there. Never never seen it before. And, I, and, I, and I'm going to guess that Tim Kirchin and, and, and writers like him are going to say then, okay, how does Corey Seager handle these 10 games? How does Julio Rodriguez mm-hmm. handle and perform in these 10 days? How does J.P. Crawford elevate and perform in these next 10 days because i i am a heisman voter and i wait till the games that are really remembered in late november and december and that is a huge part of my vote okay put up all these numbers in september awesome that's great bo nicks and caleb and shadur and k all of them right panics all of them great but what are you doing for me when it really matters. Yeah, no, I think that's a really good point. And I don't think, again, neither of them are going to win those awards, none of the three of them. I think he's right. Those have probably already been decided. And like coming in third in the MVP voting isn't really a thing. But it does speak to some recognition and kind of maybe sets you up for the future. Well, correct me if I'm wrong. Doesn't Julio have something he contractually? He may, but I think he it's does. only for winning. I may, I could be wrong. I think it's only for no, winning the MVP. I don't think so. You think it's top three? I think it's somewhere around there. Yeah, it may yeah. very well be. I'm not sure. Yeah, Tim was pretty excited about these last 10 days for the M's. No, I'm not sure I've seen this. And there's extra pressure now because there are no more game 163s. So you better win the final game, perhaps. So you know, you can't just say, oh, if we win, we can play an extra game and see if we can make the playoffs. Tiebreakers are the tiebreakers. So I'm not sure I've ever seen this with a division race this close uh, 
and three teams in it, and they're all basically playing each other the final 10 days of the season. It's magnificent. The other thing he said that I think I would probably tend to agree with is when we asked him where the Mariners end up, Rock, you asked him, you know, wild card or division winner. I won't play you the whole answer here, but he said, yeah, he thinks they're a wild card and that Toronto is another wild card and that Houston wins the division. So he didn't say explicitly that he had Texas out, mm-hmm. but that leaves Texas out. It does. Along those lines, you own the tiebreaker with Houston. You've dominated them this year. I think you today have a chance to go 12-1 and or 13-1 and against the A's. Not that it matters. They're not in this conversation. But you have a lot of ground to make up on Texas. Mm-hmm. They have gotten the better of you this season until these final seven games. So to his point about a tiebreaker, you got some real work to do uh, against those guys here in your seven games with them. But if indeed that is the scenario... And you are the third one. I'm not, I don't even want to do that yet. I'm not even going to get to the scenarios. I'm not even going to get to where you want to finish. All I'm going to get to is in the very present. Today, go beat Oakland. Enjoy your off day and then go win that series in Texas. Because Do you feel like they're locking in? I mean, they just got swept by the Dodgers. So, you know, it's really only been two games in Oakland. Was it sloppy against the Dodgers? Was it extra outs on the base pass? Was it airs defensively? Not really. Was it? Or was it just simply that bullpen and their guys just that's, four for 33? That's kind of what I saw. I, I just saw a, you know, first of all, an unbelievably good Dodgers team. Yep. And I saw, you know, I don't, I'm not going to call it bad luck. I'm just going to call it baseball. I think I told you I was texting with somebody with the Dodgers and was like, man, baseball's dumb. And he's like, yeah, it really is. Like sometimes a bunch of things just don't go your way over the course of one game. Now over three, mm-hmm. the Dodgers showed they were a better team. There's no doubt. Yep. But should it have been a sweep? Could it just as easily have been a 2-1 series law? I mean, yes, absolutely. Yes. And everybody feels very differently. I don't know that I can fully say they've locked in, but I did see some things yesterday, Brock, that gave me some some hope that that was happening. I thought Kelnick's catch that he made I thought both of the plays that Cal Raleigh made to throw out base runners and the plays made by the shortstop and second baseman on those uh, caught stealings, I thought all of those sort of spoke to a team that was maybe trying and starting to get into that zone. Cal Raleigh, two caught stealings tonight. Unbelievable catch by Jared Kelnick from where he started in left field. Uh, JP, great pick of uh, the throw that Cal had down there. It was Awesome uh, job, our guys. You combine that with what Justin said yesterday with kind of JP's look right after uh, after after a bad swing or whatever it was. I don't know. That all feels pretty darn locked in and then still managing to keep it loose enough for JP to go hang out with a Husky next to the dugout in the ninth inning. First yesterday. of all, that was crazy. I heard it was Mark at the Park night. There's yeah. nine people there, so I don't really know if that's the case or not. Right. Like, how did the dog get on the field? Well, it sounds like the dog belonged to the camera guy. Okay, good. Okay. Cameraman's that dog. That makes a lot more sense. Yes. Okay, but my, I was going to text you guys to ask if you saw right before the home run, the JP's home run. Did you see the two swings before it? Um, if you go back and watch hmm. that. I have to go back and think. And it, that's where you'll see the, the locked in eyes. Like, missed it, get back in the box. Didn't take a second to step out, hmm. just plant the feet again, I'm ready. He torched that ball. 
for, for, for whatever for example, it's worth. Yeah. He absolutely torched that ball. And I think he might have actually hit the double even better, just you know, kind of went to a different part of the park and different angle and stuff. But mm-hmm. yeah, Brock, I think you've raised some really good points there about JP. And I, I don't know where he ends up finishing here in the voting and all that, but the fact that he has outperformed all of the big name shortstops who signed the big deals this past year. Mm-hmm. I mean, again, I, I understand some of the criticism of Jerry. He shouldn't be, you know, above all of it. But that's got to be a huge one in his favor, no? Getting JP for uh, what he got him for and sticking to him and committing? Betting on your guy. Yep. Betting on your guy to go out and deliver and, and, and put the work in in the offseason to do it. By the way, I got some details. Uh, and tip of the cap to, to Luke Arkins and Jeff Passan. When it comes to Julio in this MVP, it really comes down to the number of times over the next uh, you know six-plus years, eight years, eight years, where he finishes in the top ten. So he's just got to finish in the top 10 and Mm. if he finishes, if he wins it and finishes in the top five, which he's going to do this year or three times in the top five. Yeah. Pretty significant escalators. Wow. Pretty, pretty significant. Good for Julio. Go, uh, go, go get those votes and uh, go get your money because, uh, yeah, he, he certainly deserves it after and the you don't mind paying that money if he's no. going to be a top five MVP nope, guy. You're, you're, in you're Andy. pretty you're darn out. happy to do so. All right, let's come back, give you guys everything you need to know. And then at 930, an extended Washington Wednesday. Brock's got a lot to say. It's all coming up. Don't go anywhere. Brock and Salt, Seattle Sports on 710. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. We had a little conversation about J.P. Crawford earlier. Let's play some of what he did last night. J.P. Crawford, 1-0 pitch. Line drive into the gap. Right center field. Going back. Can't get it. Brown's not going to get it. Demo coming to third. Manny furiously waving him home. He's going to score standing up. RBI double. J.P. Crawford. The Mariners have a 3-0 lead. Here in the seventh with two outs. Yeah, he just had some nice swag at second base when he popped up there, too. Nice game for JP, who crushed a home run later. But as good as the offense was, and they did come up with seven runs, and nice to see Jared Kelnick going the other way twice for singles to drive in runs. This was all about Luis Castillo. He was phenomenal again last night. I know he gave up two runs in the seventh, but had only given up, oh, none until then. And what mm-hmm. Scott wanted was for a guy to go that deep into the game. He got it done. Wow, you can't say enough about the season that uh, Luis Castillo has had. And he just keeps adding on to an awesome outing tonight. Um, he has been so solid. He is the rock. Every time out there, he's given us great effort, chance to win. And he's on a great roll right now. So a 14th win tonight. Got his 200-plus strikeout tonight. Uh, but for me and where we're at in the season, he went seven innings tonight, which is huge. Sets us up a good spot tomorrow. Uh, we're rested, we're ready to go. And hopefully we can finish off the series with a sweep. You asked me a few minutes ago, are they locked in? Is this team locking in for, for, for this final stretch? Well, certainly they flushed the sweep to the Dodgers at home by coming back and playing clean baseball. That's probably the number one evaluator for locked in. I can't read body language all the time. I don't see every little in and out, and certainly we're not in that clubhouse. But as far as clean baseball, that is clean baseball. That is not giving up outs on the base pass. That is, that is taking an extra base. That's Haggerty stealing and getting to third and, you know, getting over, getting in on, getting over, getting home. Right? Just those little details along with some of the big hits. But I'll say this, too. One of the things I really loved was The Rock walked a couple guys one inning. Mm-hmm. And one of them was like a 3-2 count. And you could tell he was ticked. Like, dang it. 
because he wants to eat those innings yep. because he knows, man, running that pitch count up with those couple extra walks may have met the difference between seven or eight. So are they That's locked funny. in? I saw the exact did same Did you see thing. the same thing? Yeah, I did. Well, of course you did because you're in the pottery wheel with the man. <laughs> I, do love, I do love me some Luis, and he's pretty darn nasty. Mixed bag last night, Blue Jays win, Rangers win, Astros lose another one to Baltimore. Baltimore. So heading into today, and they all play day games today, uh, half game separating all three teams in the AL West. They're all tied in the loss column. Pretty incredible. Mariners will finish up in Oakland. A little getaway matinee with George Kirby on the hill. And then, uh, yeah, so that means they go to Texas after a day off tomorrow. They're going to play the first series of te- with Texas without Luis Castillo or George Kirby. So prepare yourself for that now. Understand that I don't the first know. Bryce and Wu have been their I'm best guys in the last tell couple you weeks. That they're going to go through that first series with Gilbert, Wu, and Miller. Then you're going to get to see both Kirby and Castillo against Houston and again against Texas in the four game finale. Going to be unbelievably fun. Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, Seahawks get back to practice today, which means our first shot at seeing Jamal Adams as a full go. Brock, you and KJ both pretty excited to see him. Yeah, I think just an intrigue for me. Like an intrigue to see where they play him. I think for you, for, for, for KJ, you heard like, dude's just a baller. right? Like teammates that have been on the field with him in that moment, right? They can judge instincts. When he said right there that that man, that man has an instinct of the snap count that others don't have, I'll take KJ's word for it. A big reason why he gets home. And the more he's around the line of scrimmage, and the more that he can blitz, and the more creative packages that Clint Hurd can have, well, the better, especially for a rookie quarterback coming into this venue on Sunday afternoon. Here's the third thing you need to know. Shohei Otani ends up having surgery on his elbow, so he will not uh, pitch next year. That's now determined. Uh, He is going to hit, so when he becomes a free agent, I still think he's an unbelievable fit for the Mariners. You might be able to argue a better fit for them. That doesn't mean he's going to choose to come here, but for the Mariners... Maybe they're willing to go a little bit longer or deeper or spend more money on him because what they really need is Shohei the bat short term with yep. adding the arm in long term. So I don't know. I I don't hold out any hope that it's going to happen, but I sure would love for it too. Yeah, I uh, did a little digging earlier. Kind of was curious how Shohei hit in this ballpark. He's hit here a lot. It's one of the obviously in the division. He's hit here as much as anywhere else mm-hmm. that he's hit in his career. Slash line of 184, 283, 77, 658 OPS. That's not great. And then rightfully so, being the brilliant baseball guy you are, you were like, well, I mean, the Mariners pitching has something to do with that. Absolutely. So how has he hit the Mariners down in L.A.? Don't look at those numbers. Yeah, it's not good. <laughs> Don't look Destroy at them. them down in Anaheim. It's a little bit yeah. different. So. Don't look at them. Yeah, I don't know. Those are all going to be challenges for them. Congrats, by the way, to the Modesto Nuts. They win the Cal League Championship. Colt Emerson, their first-round pick, their first first-round pick this past year was just insane. Went four for six last night. Went 11 for 20 in the postseason. Jeff Passon, pretty impressed with what the Mariners have building. The Mariners draft this year was so good. I'm telling you. Like Colt Emerson might be a star. I think he's already the best prospect in the organization. And and that's saying something, because wow. I think Cole Young is good. I think Ty Pete is good. I think Johnny Farmello is good. I think Guerrero is good. Um, and you can go on and on. It's a, it's a very good farm system, considering where they've been picking. And that is the hallmark, gentlemen, 
of a strong organization. How do you feel when Jeff calls us gentlemen? He's so kind. He's such a great guest. He's such a terrific human. And then I don't know why anybody would just uh-huh. kind of devalue him. He calls us gentlemen, puts up with us for 25 minutes every week. You like when he calls us gentlemen, though? He's being a little disparaging. I'll tell you what, if you're Harry Ford, if you're Cole Young, if you're one of these other top prospects, in two months, this kid's done this. Cole Emerson, in two months, he was drafted in July as yep. an 18-year-old high school kid out of Ohio. And in two months, he's made that kind of an impact that Jeff Passan can say he may be and argues that he is their top prospect right now. Yeah. I hope he's right. (laughs) Pretty interesting, man. And as he said, it's not because the rest of their prospects are bad. He didn't even mention Harry Ford or Felding Celestine or some of the other folks. So pretty good time to be uh, a Mariners player development. So great stuff. Good stuff. That is everything you need to know. Quarter past every hour here on the Brock and Salk Show. All right. I love KJ's on Wednesdays. Yeah, no kidding. Well, I mean, just like Wednesday, just like the perfect, the juice that he brings and the energy and Mm -hmm. just, you know, when he gets passionate, I just, uh, yeah, he is just perfect. Just a perfect plan for Wednesdays. I just want to say that. <laughs> Glad you did. Really enjoy that. And people, I really enjoy Washington Wednesdays. People should go, uh, should go. If you miss, seriously, if you do miss KJ, you really do need to go and, and, and download the whole thing and just subscribe to it at Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. I, I, I did see, we did have some good ratings recently. We're still at a 4.6, Brock, but uh, this says, I must love you guys. I just created a stupid iTunes account just to say thank you for this podcast. So thank you for this podcast. It's great. Hopefully the Mariners can learn something from you guys. Go Hawks. Kelly from Seattle. Thanks, Kelly. That's really nice. Uh, ACAP17 says, seriously, everything Salk says regarding baseball comes true within days. Whoa. Listen to this dude if you want to sound baseball smart. Wow. I know. I, I don't know what's going on. I must have. I must have done something that I don't normally do. So I, oh. I appreciate that. Thank you. Call me the baseball whisperer. Well, I'll take it. Well, I'll tell you what. If you want to hear smart, listen to Brock Hewitt talk some college football. I don't know anybody who knows more about it than him. And when he's talking Huskies, you better pay attention. It's going to happen next. Brock and Salk, Seattle Sports on seven ten, SeattleSports.com. Washington Wednesdays brought to you by Star Rentals preferred supplier to the West best contractors all right let's uh, chat about these Huskies Brock the number eight team in the nation but maybe as impressive as anybody ahead of them at least so far it doesn't mean you know that their initial ranking doesn't factor in but they haven't done anything you could conceivably criticize through the first three games uh, been pretty awesome. And Saturday was a statement in East Lansing. In September, you know, if, if you got to be a little careful about the opening week and don't be fooled and jump too much into it in the NFL with 17 games, obviously college football is 12. Most conferences now have a playoff, 13. If you can get to the college football playoff, it's 14 and 15. So there, there is a little bit more, but it's a 12-game regular season. And each of these have a little bit more magnitude than even each week in the NFL. And going on the road, into a hostile, packed Big Ten country home against a 2-0 Michigan State team, I, I don't know how you make a bigger statement. You didn't just win that game. You dominated that game. Well, I mean, the only thing you would say is a detractor would say, yeah, but the Spartans were coming off an, you know, an incredibly yeah. hectic, right? I mean, their coach is getting suspended and probably yep. fired. And yep. there's certainly a lot of issues around the program. There were. Yeah, there were. This wasn't Mel Tucker wasn't leading it. And Mel Tucker's been terminated. And, yep, it was going to go one of two ways. 
What's that? Oh, I'm sorry. I was hearing something else. I was hearing a little. I think I heard Husky Fan Podcast saying, are you really going to go more than two minutes on a, <laughs> on a Husky Washington Wednesday? We actually are. Yeah. And I really appreciate Mike giving me that nice compliment on college football. And we'll get to Cal. We'll get to the schedule. We'll get to what they've done, some numbers that jump out to me. But I do want to get to Joel Klatt. If, if you think I know my college football, Joel, I, I tip my cap to him. He is all in every day. It's what he does. It's what he loves. He's got a great podcast. Uh, he's obviously with Gus Johnson on the, on the call, the number one crew there at Fox. And here was Joel cut at number 11, talking about the Huskies. And right now, you can't talk about the Huskies without talking about their quarterback. Washington is freaking good, man. Like, not just, oh, good for a Pac-12 team. Oh, you know, they throw the ball well. That's just a really good football team. Kalen DeBoer is a good football coach. Michael Penix is a, a bona fide Heisman candidate. Number two right now, by the way. Continuing to kind of trend, and, and he's kind of gone, gone up the flagpole there, and he's sitting there second to Caleb Williams, but just about every Heisman odds right now, and you're starting to see a few of them fall off, which is going to happen. Drake May's kind of falling off. Maybe some others emerge. We'll see Sam Hartman this week with Ohio State. Huge game, the Notre Dame quarterback, and if he blows up and Notre Dame's really good, obviously they're a huge brand. So there, there's going to be others, but Penix has been outright phenomenal. And last year, I, I, I told you this stat. I'm pulling this up right now just to get the exact number. Last year, the University of Washington football team was sacked seven times for the entire season. <laughs> That's remarkable. Seven times. It is ridiculous. Right now, and that, by the way, was tied for second in the country with uh, Georgia Southern. Actually, Oregon was number one at five sacks a lot. I mean, it just... You never, ever see that. To put that in context, the only teams that are ever in those numbers are the military schools, right, who don't throw. Who don't throw, yeah. Don't throw. So right now through two games or three games, right now, they are on a better pace. They have been sacked one time in three games. One time in three games. You're on pace to get sacked four to five times this entire season. So that, to me, kind of just resonates and speaks like, elite quarterback play i know my protection i know where everybody is on this field i know where my outlets are at all times Penix is not he's not the, the mobile guy that he was when he was at indiana before multiple acl injuries and other injuries he gets the ball out he wants it out to Jalen. he wants it out to rome he wants it out to westover he wants it out and he knows where all those outs are and he knows it in a hurry and that's why the numbers have just been silly. I mean, just absolutely ridiculous to begin this Well, season. and it's why Joel goes on to say that he believes that they are a playoff team. Remember, I believe I had them at like six in my preseason poll. And, and the reason is, is like, I, th- I think that this is a legit playoff team. Absolutely. There's no doubt it. If there's one team in the country that we are, are underappreciating right now as, as a college football entity right as just a, a a national spotlight it's absolutely washington if there's one player that we're undervaluing right now in the country it's michael Penix. this guy can play do you think it's so be- help me understand do you think it's because he's been in college for like 30 years huh, possibly i just saw a tight end that is that is petitioning for a ninth year <laughs> that's not a joke he was at oregon for seven wow He's playing at Miami year eight, and he wants to petition to play year nine. Funny. Yeah, so anywho, that's uh, crazy. So let me ask you before I, I try to answer it and give you a few other numbers. Why? Why are they on a national level right now underappreciated and undervalued? 
Well, who's seen them play? So you think it's just exposure? I mean, I'm sure that's part of it, right? I mean, you know, part of it is exposure. Mm-hmm. Part of it is the reputation right now of the Pac-12 minus USC is obviously mud, given what's happened over the course of the last few months. And, you know, then just sort of the same old conversations that we've been having for years about Washington being considered a very good but maybe not quite mm-hmm. great program. They lose their their athletic director to USC. They lost their last athletic director to LSU. They're kind of a close but no not a close but not quite national program. Okay. I would challenge a little of the conference that actually the conference has been in the news a ton. And actually this year, the conference is the best in college football. What they have done beating Florida and what they've done beating prominent teams and what they have done kind well, of yeah, on a national. But, yeah, has, on but a, has Washington been in the spotlight? The one game they played with any sort of national hope was on the Peacock, on the Peacock network. So, Peacock! yeah, that's actually the wrong sound. It's too not, for not a what Peacock. Peacocks make. Justin, yes. can you find the sound for a Peacock, please? Yeah, I want you, it. You're so adept at this. You found the vulture in a hurry the other day. I'd really like to know what a peacock uh, sound is. No, I think that's fair. I think it's always exposure. Have you I seen think... them roaming around the zoo? I've never yeah. heard them make a noise. Well, let's see. Oh, if I they think do they're make actually very loud. Yeah. I think they're noisy. Yeah, yeah we'll see. Justin's I think they're very noisy birds. Uh, I would also say that there is a little Tyler Lockett to Kalen DeBoer. There is a little, or excuse me, yeah, I think I, think I said that right. That there's just a, a personality that says I, I don't, I don't need all the. Buzz. I don't need all the hype. I don't. I'm not Deion Sanders. I'm not USC. I, I. I don't need. I'm not Oregon. Right. I'm not Dan Landing making waves and in and, and saying things in the media. I'm. I'm never going to do that. I'm a salt of the earth, South Dakota guy. <laughs> you know, I'm a football coach, and my staff comes with me, and and we are phenomenal football coaches. But you know, just like we're not going to win a quote unquote press conference, I'm not going to be flash and sizzle and try to pretend to be something I'm not. I'm going to be who I am. And actually, Penix got a lot of that vibe. And Jalen McMillan and Roma Dunze. There's just a workmanlike nature to this crew. Defensive coordinator, co-D coordinator, William Andrews, same guy. Came and cut his teeth at Iowa. And we were playing some of the sound, fundamental Iowa defense. And, yeah, I don't. I, I know it's great. And, you know, I've seen the numbers on Dion. It's unbelievable. Right? And, and there is substance with his sizzle. Mm-hmm. But Kalen's a substance guy. And I'm just not going to be – you know, out there front and center, saying things, doing things to get clicks, saying things, doing things to create exposure, saying things, doing things that, oh, we need to play here. We need to play prime time. You're robbing. Like, no. Okay. Where do you want us to play? We'll go play. And we'll play at a very efficient and a very high level. Like it's sort of a Mark Few type of a thing. Yeah. There you go. I told you they're very noisy, those birds. Yeah. They're very, very noisy. <laughs> yeah. Listen to that thing. Yeah, that, yeah, I don't Kalen. like it. That's not Kalen. <laughs> yeah, opt out. Make those noises. Nobody likes it. I think that's the thing. They're like they're nuisances when they're around your neighborhood. Brock, I know you like to go to. Whoa, 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 Let me whoa. finish, Brock. I know you like to go to Palos Verdes, right? That's one of your sure. favorite spots in L.A. Uh-huh. When I was working for a woman who was a U.S. Congresswoman, she lived there. And they had peacocks roaming that whole neighborhood, Palos Verdes and Rolling Feral peacocks in Palos Verdes and Rolling Hills. Really? And uh, yeah, they're noisy and a bit of a nuisance. Okay. Huh. I don't have them in my neighborhood. We don't have like Green Lake peacocks walking around. I don't. I don't have them in any neighborhood I've ever, ever right. lived in. But you don't have the kind of money that she did. She had some real. Real significant mate. So her husband. Rich people problems. Everyone else is like these damn crows and pigeons. And they're like, oh, these peacocks. Her husband was Sidney Harmon. 
who uh, started Harman Kardon speakers oh, and oh, Harman Kardon oh, stereo systems. Ironic. <laughs> and they were the first to like develop the whole component system for stereos. And so mm-hmm. he was worth, you know. God knows how much money. And they lived in this beautiful place, Brock, up in that area. And there were peacocks. She would often complain about the peacocks. Yes. Well, I'll tell you what. As I uh, look at the schedule, and as much as, you know, Joel wants to talk about them being a playoff team and everything else, and give me the final cut from Joel here on which team uh, does he trust. Here was Joel Klein on his podcast talking about just how trustworthy are these Huskies. Washington is a problem for everybody, not just in the Pac-12, not just for USC, for everybody. Let me just put it to you this way. Which offense, which quarterback, which team do you trust in the top 11 to get into a shootout with Washington and actually come out on top? That's when this gets interesting. Do you really trust Michigan to do that? Do you really trust Penn State to do that or Georgia to do that? Do you really trust Notre Dame to do that? Are we undervaluing Washington? Absolutely. These next two weeks are going to be pretty cool before they're by. Yeah, buy. Not like B-U-Y, buy. Right, buy. They, got, they got to buy before Oregon. But beforehand, and I think I would actually take – I shouldn't do this because you gave me a nice compliment. I'm, I know in college football, and I never, ever talk about lines or gambling or doing it. The one time I told one of my buddies, like, yeah, I think maybe – I was dead wrong. So never, ever, ever again. Did you see Cowherd, by the way, is like 0-9-1 to start the NFL season. People are crushing him. spread. Yeah. yeah. So you got to be careful. But they're 21-point favorites this weekend against Cal. When I got to golf with Coach Peterson, I don't think he mind me telling him this story. When I got to golf with him, I was pestering him with it like a peacock with a bunch of questions. Right? Just uh, you know, favorite play, this difference. I said, who was the toughest? Who was the toughest D coordinator in all your years that you had to face? No hesitation. Justin Wilcox. Mm. Uh, we've watched Washington against Cal for a lot of years. Ugly been some brutal losses right i think coach pete had a brutal loss with uh with jacob easton to cal or with browning to i know both of those one on the road one at home so a 21 point favorite late late kick on the west coast i don't i don't really like that but i'll tell you what man if they smash that crew because they play good defense just ask q freeze that barely got out of berkeley beating um with auburn beating cal and they can run the football and they will slow the game down like this one, and then two Arizona, sneaky in the desert, been a pitfall, been disastrous down there for years and years. Those two before the bye will be very, very compelling in all of this conversation. Brock, we might have 50 texts about peacocks. <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah. There might be 50 texts on this machine right now about peacocks. Peacocks sound like a child screaming help. Let me hear it one more time, Justin. <laughs> sound time. of a peacock? Just head down to your local Buffalo Wild Wings on Sunday and hit record. <laughs> yeah. Peacocks are very noisy. They have a high to mid-range scream. My kid's elementary school in San Diego has a ranch next to it where peacocks live. They're extremely noisy. They sound like they're screaming help. Uh, Oh, my God. Peacocks are so loud. They sound like women or children are screeching. Yes, Brock. People have pet peacocks. (laughs) My gosh. We also had someone that worked at an exotic vet clinic that said a... uh, a Projectile uh, poop. Yeah, they said that was the worst smell they've ever smelled. Oh yeah, entire life. There's pea fowl and cedra woolly just running loose. A lot of times peacocks are used for alarms. Seven ten ESPN says it out loud. Government employees being millionaires is a huge problem. Corrupt government officials, all caps. 
So there's a lot of peacock response here today, Brock. Uh, you know, you never know where you're going to go when you bring up something like peafowl. Uh-huh. But that's uh, that's what we've learned so far today. All right. What I do. Peacock tastes good, do they? I don't think people eat peacock. I've never heard of it anyway. Only the males are technically called peacocks. The females are called peahens. And then the 206 says peacocks. Sound better than Beyonce. So I don't know. I'm not sure where to go with all of that, but it must be time for Ranked. You want to take a shot like that before you know that I control (laughs) whether we go to Ranked or not? Yeah, and I had a pretty good feeling that's how this was going to end. Got a list? Time to put it in order. Fred Dwarmfor's house. Top five. Top five meals that I have ever had. This is Ranked. To be honest, that list was really biased. Brought to you by Carter Volkswagen. Every morning at 945 on Brock and Saw. Yeah, top ten list. I'm not buying that. Ranked. Did you say that which are called peacocks, the males or the females? Males. The males, right? I think they're also the prettier ones, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't say yeah like that's true in humans because it's not. No, no it's not. Oh, really? No. Really the opposite of that? <laughs> yes. They're pee hens. I think one of the great interesting the mysteries of the world is that straight women believe that women are better looking than men. I think that's one of the strangest things about the world. Not, I mean, it's fine. <laughs> More just like, yeah, come on. Women are better looking. Like, yeah, you're right. <laughs> we can all kind of agree on that. All right. Today we have Justin. Middle. Middle's ranked. Wait, all this conversation about Brock being the middle child, we decided to do child and middle. And middles. So, Brock, thank you for uh, for, for bringing back this to us. Back-to-back inspiration, Brock. Middles. Yeah, that's what I do. Ranked. That's what you do. I make people laugh. Tim Kirkchen and uh, boat stories. I tell peacock sounds and vulture sounds. And Brock, I got some in here for you, too. This. When, when middle you were child, middle kids with the three of you playing games, you ever play monkey in the middle? Oh, yeah. Have you? And I know you've called games at a lot of different places. Yeah. Have you been to Tennessee? Middle Tennessee State. Have you been there? No. Ah. Called them three times. They've been visitors at LSU, okay. Mississippi State, but now never been out to Middle. All right. Do you remember Will Middlebrooks, old third baseman? Mary too. Jenny Dell. Yep. How about Mora? Your dog's name is. And number 16, retired in the rafters at Boston Garden, Nifty, was Rick Middleton. Okay. <laughs> Big when I was a kid. Before her time. Sorry. <laughs> that was Rick Middleton. Big when I was a kid. He was a Kenyan Middleton baseball player. Oh, yeah. Of course, you got Kate Middleton. Everybody's familiar with her. Would you call her middle class? Probably not. Not anymore. No, probably a little, little more upper class, I guess. At that also point. not middle-aged. Not yet. No, not yet. We got some songs. With you. You know who this is, Brock? Sounds like a peacock, kind of. That does sound like a <laughs> peacock. Hold on, play the peacock again. Yeah. Yeah. Play that peacock sound. Hold on. Okay, that here you go. Did. Should we put those together one more time? We can do that. Yeah, yeah let's, 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 let's maybe do it. Continues go. to be a train. Let's just do it one more time. Hit me one more time. Close. <laughs> <laughs> All right, glad we got that. Yep, right. that had to happen today. We got some Billy Joel. In the middle of the night. There you go. Billy Joel. Yeah, isn't that weird? Wow. Because it sounds like it should have happened like 30 years before. Why does Billy he say Joel. night like that? 
In the middle night. of the night. That's a good question. I don't know. Peacocking. I'm not a big Billy Joel fan. Uh, let's see. We've got some Hanson from the album Middle of Nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, yeah. did one of you actually remember what that album was called? Or yeah. did you yeah, have Justin, to look yeah, Justin, Justin nailed what? that one. I remember yeah. that was my that was, I remember that, that was Justin. Who's this? That brown band and uh, Blue Blake Shelton's on that? Hmm? Probably. Rock it like that. Brock, don't worry, you got another one coming up. Good. Danger's my middle name. There's a lot of Austin Powers. We've got some. Okay. New Brock can get it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Come on, so. oh, Diamond Rio. Come on, what? You know that song. I definitely don't. <laughs> really? No. <laughs> I know the pretenders. I start walking your way, you start walking mine. Old we meet in the middle. Pine. Is that what we do? <laughs> Underneath that old Georgia pine? Do we hit the Georgia <laughs> believe pine? It. Do we meet in the middle of the road? I bet you had no idea that's what she was saying. I heard this song a million times. I had no idea that's what she was saying. Middle of the room? Kind of really mumbles it. How long more his middle finger is. <laughs> super, super just long. Give it to you? Find out at the end and then end a rank. Yeah, sure can. Okay, Morris. Okay, legit question to the, to the family right here. Okay. Last time you gave someone a middle finger. Yesterday. <laughs> Whoa. That was quick. What? Yeah. What? What? Really? It's a trigger finger for Salk. It's I drive. Well, I mean, you know, how do you drive without it? I saw something the other day where uh, someone said their sister ordered it for him. They have a light up thing you can put in your window that's a middle finger and you just yeah. push a button. That'd be great. Here, so, well, we'll take sure some of the satisfaction it. of it. It's horrible. What I do think we need, though, horrible. is we do need an apology button in our cars. Because mm, the like horn is so aggressive. The horn's very aggressive. Yeah. The your finger yeah. obviously is very angry. The wave doesn't always get seen. You need a my bad. I would like a little, oh, my bad. I'm sorry. Yeah. I recognize I did something stupid and I'd like to apologize for it. What if it was this and it just would this work? Yeah. That'd be nice. <laughs> Maybe that is what we need. <laughs> All right. You ready for the top five middles? Uh, by the way, Malcolm in the Middle did not make the list. Ooh, what Sorry. The, the show? The show, The Middle, did not quite make the list. Middleton Brewing and Everett. Certainly going yeah. to middle schools like a bottom five middle. So here you go. And, and this is going to be a controversial list. Oh, I don't right. think everyone's going to like the top five, oh, but geez. I don't care. Number five is Rush. Middletown Dreams. Super 80s synth Rush, too. I love this song. Does, does Bob like Rush or not? No, he hates Getty's voice. Okay, number five. But that's number Rush five. wasn't number one. No, I, I mean I'm not trying to torture anybody, but I I do have to recognize yeah. that song is one of my favorites. I mean, other than you, more. I mean, he kind of sounds like a peacock too. Yeah, there's some peacock there too. Yeah, uh-huh. here, give me some more peacock, Justin. Let's hear. I saw more laugh. I saw it. She, despite herself, the peacocks are making. I'm more laughing laugh. at what a disaster this is. No. <laughs> Not Number four, middles ranked, for me anyway, is the Middle Ages. Knights of the Round oh. Table, castles, kings and queens and An squires, era. the whole thing. 
I love the Middle Ages. My favorite thing to study when I was a kid. Super, super into it. Okay. I don't know if I'd want to live there. No, no part of the that. hygiene of that. No. It's not, not for me. I mean, if I Bubonic be... plagues. Right. <laughs> a lot of turkey legs, though. Who wants to be in the Middle Ages with the I bubonic plagues? I didn't say I plague? wanted to be in the <laughs> Middle Ages. I just said the Middle Ages are fun to study. You're running yeah. out of time. No. What's that sound you're making? Please That's don't make it That's a bubonic plague. All right, number three. Steelers wheel. I think they were here for wheels ranked. I don't know if they done Stuck's rank, but uh, there you go. Steelers rank. Steelers wheel stuck. That's in number middle. three. Yeah, it's a wow. big song. Hello. Okay. Well, I think the other two were both pretty pretty big. Number two is not a song. It's not even a movie, but it's fr- It's a. It's more of a realm. I guess. I guess you would call it. <sighs> middle Earth, Lord of the Rings, the top for the books, <laughs> okay. the movies. Oh what is Taylor? Is Taylor still in there? What does he think yeah. about that number two? Is he a fan? Middle Earth, number two, Taylor. You feel good about it? Thumbs up. Uh, I would think. Better than a middle finger. Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe he flipped someone off yesterday, Salk. I would say Come I on. flipped somebody off four out of seven, five out of seven days. <laughs> oh, my God. People here can't drive. I, I can't don't think I've flipped wow. anybody off. And I can't even remember. Really? The thumbs oh. down is just so much more powerful. Just like a, di- yes. I disapprove. That's what, I've done that before. That's fine. That's not as good as a good middle finger while you're or driving. Or the waving of the finger, the matumbo. No, no, no. Or like just you, be you better. You try to go like uh, be better. Give a Dikembe? Yeah. No. Brock, who's your favorite middle linebacker? Well, there have been a lot of them. Probably Buckus. You guys are acting Terry. like we have time for this. What's number oh, one? Number one. It just takes Jimmy World, obviously. The middle. Couldn't agree more. I love that. Aren't you worried when you give somebody the middle finger, they'll be like, oh, that's Salk. <laughs> Might be some <laughs> some peacock. Not worried. All right, we got to get out of here. Uh, tomorrow, we're going to talk to Ian Eagle. We're going to talk to Jerry Depoto. Mariners play a little day game Stop today. Stop people off. Stop it. That's probably not going to happen. That's going to be 45 years, probably not going away at this point. We'll catch you guys tomorrow morning, 6 a.m. Stick around for Bump and Stacy. Our hay. Oh, with the peacocks. In, in the, the middle barn. of the barn. See you, everybody. Get to the chopper! <laughs>